Hi, you're listening to The Obvious Question. I'm your host, Maddie Lawson. And I'm Becky Smith. In this episode, we're going to be talking with my dad. I know, I know, but I promise it makes sense. We brought him in for this episode of The Obvious Question because my dad's been an educator, either a teacher or a principal at a school for people with severe physical and cognitive disabilities for many years. And we wanted to, in this episode, talk about ableist language and how it kind of shapes the public perception of people with disabilities. Tell me what led you to be the principal of a school for children with disabilities. Okay. Well, it's it, how long do you want to hear? I mean, I, I won't talk about me a lot, but it's a long story, and it has to do with the fact that I was going to be an electrical <laughs> It is a long story, and Dad is a storyteller at heart, so it could take a while. So let's do the one-minute or bust version. And it has to do with the fact that I was going to be an electrical engineer when I graduated from high school. But my summer's called to me, and it's like, don't give up summer vacation, please. So he changed his plans pretty significantly and became a teacher for kids with disabilities. He taught for many years in a lockdown unit with young people with severe violent behaviors. And then when I was in fourth grade in 2001, he began to work at a school for kids with severe disabilities, children between the ages of 5 and 21, and specifically... Ended up working with the students with the uh, severe autistic behaviors. We were called the Wild and Willy Bunch. It was great. But then the principal left, and Dad decided... The only way that I I could be pretty sure I could get along with the Yahoo in the office was to become the Yahoo in the office. He did this for another 10 years and ended up retiring just a few years ago. He now subs a few days a week, doing what he says he really loves and has wanted to do for the last 40 years. I spend just quality time with some really cool kids. So I think that when it comes to ableist language or even the word ableist it's kind of this this negative thing that like people are quick to say you know that's not me I I wouldn't do that because I think when people hear about that they think um pain and like the way that you can make somebody feel um and people don't want to believe that the things that they say could make somebody experience this And I think what's important to recognize here in this episode is um, that there really isn't just one way to talk about disability. Um, And I don't think that this is something that is done intentionally. I don't think anybody goes out of their way to be like, I'm going to be a dick and like (laughs) make somebody feel like shit about themselves. Um, I don't think anybody does this um, trying to hurt somebody, but people just need to be more mindful of the way that they do talk about disability, and I think that it's something that, you know, isn't often really talked about because we either hide disability to the point that we, you know, pretend like it doesn't exist, don't say the word disabled, don't do this, but we rarely talk with people asking how they want to be spoken about or how, you know, words impact them and the way that they feel about it. And so I don't want this episode to be something that, you know, makes people feel like shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want somebody to listen to this and be like, oh, man, I do that. Because, I mean, I have ableist tendencies in my vocabulary that I still have to work on. And, you know, I think it's something that we all do. Um, It's just inherently the way that disability has been talked about for so long Mm -hmm. that um, I think it's now it's starting to be reframed and be re, um, like, thought about in a different way. And I think... It has a lot to do with, um, you know, social media and giving a voice to people with disabilities. And, you know, we're being given more of a platform now than we ever have before. 
and we're more visible now than we ever have been before because of this. Right. And I think that can be such a beautiful thing. But also I think that it can turn people off from talking about things because, you know, they don't want to say the wrong thing and so they don't say anything at all. Well, you ready? I think so. Let's get started. Our students, they're not broken and they don't need to be fixed. There's nothing wrong with them. They are viable, wonderful, loving, smart human beings who need to learn stuff. And we talk about how people view our students. Um, it was actually, I, I was a little disappointed because this was a, I mean, a friend of mine and she's a, a good educator. And, and she was in one of our rooms. She came to visit and she went into one of our rooms. Uh, a lot of the kids um, of our students have severe um, physical disabilities as well. Um, and some of them, you know, they dance on the top of, of swing sets if you let them. Um, but this is a room that, that primarily had students who also had physical disabilities as well. And she walked out of the room and she said, being in that room always makes me sad. I just paused and I said, you know, I said, I want you to make a promise to me. I want you to spend more time in that room because it's a joyful room. It's fun. They have a good time in there. And again, it's seeing the, 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 the apparent disability and not looking past that to see the person. Well, that's such Which, a huge problem, right? Because it's the fact that we've conditioned people through language, through experience, through excluding people with all sorts of disabilities that makes people sad when they see individuals with disabilities rather than like celebrating the person that's in front of you. Like genuinely, like it, it is because we talk about them like it's a sad thing. Oh, mm. you know, oh, they use a wheelchair. Oh, they mm. were born with Down syndrome. Like, yeah. oh, they have autism. Well, that's even like we, we lament mm. diagnosis. We lament things that cause disabilities rather than just like recognizing oh okay let's adjust our expectations that's even like when i was little and people would ask like oh um like what's wrong with you and i would tell them and then they would be like oh like i'm sorry and i was like i like as a kid i was always like why like like yeah. i didn't understand like why people were sorry and like what i was like oh no like i'm fine like this is all i know like but, like, even that question should be examined. People come up to you and they go, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, in what way does a different ability make you wrong? Like, that's what, I mean, that's, like, really, well, I hope what we're going to talk about in this episode a lot is, like, the way that language shapes perception. Because why in the world, you know, people don't come up to me and go, what's wrong with you? And I go, oh, well, I have terrible eyesight, I'm, got, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, and I have OCD, and, like, sometimes I have gas. Like, I don't say, <laughs> like, you know, like, no one comes up to you and go, starts a conversation with someone who's apparently able-bodied and go, what's wrong with you? But, like, what is it about a disability? What is it about a different ability that makes people assume that negative? You know, because, I mean, you could walk up and, to you and ask a hundred different questions or, you know, like maybe not be an asshole and start a conversation with your disability. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know, I, I don't know why we framed it well, in that way. And even, like, especially when it's, like, a visual, like, thing, something you can see, people feel like if it's out in the open, then there's a sense of entitlement there. And so they feel like, you know, there's something that I can't explain and I want to know. So oh. I, it's fine for me to just, like, say it and ask about it when like for me like I don't really mind when people ask as long as I'm like gonna see that person again and it like matters mm. to them like I would rather somebody personally ask me than like assume um but if I'm like at the mall with my friends and 
the strange man in the store wants to know what's wrong with me like that's when I get mad because I'm like you know why why do you why do you feel the need to come and talk to me when it doesn't affect your life it doesn't do anything for you and like I'm just trying to have a had time with my friends and they're just like it, it depersonalizes. Yeah. yeah. That that's that's a deal. Uh, I my I've got a few that I really cringe, cringe, cringe. Confined to a wheelchair. Well, he said. I says, you know what? I'm gonna tell you something. I am confined to my shoes. I am an absolute weenie when it comes to rocks and so I walking barefoot. It we is. We have a gravel driveway. It is hysterical He's... to watch me try to walk on and in, in on anything but carpet. And so it's like, okay, so I'm confined to my shoes because if I want to go outside to get to my to get anywhere, I have to have shoes on. And another thing is a little more subtle, and it's one that and, and people who mean well, and they're just a shortcut, or is is they'll say, okay, well, the wheelchairs are ready to go, and words mean things; they do. So it's one thing I, I will always. The children who use wheelchairs, but it's like right the 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 people, you know that that are that are using wheelchairs to to you know to help their mobility, are ready to be to go get on the bus, mm-hmm. not the wheelchairs. That's something I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something that definitely like I feel like people talk about mobility aids in public, um, as if they're like. As if the person using them isn't there Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Um, I know that that happens for me, like, um, even whenever, like, I went to Disney World and I was getting on the, like, the trams that, like, carry you to the park. They were like, okay, we got a wheelchair over here. And, like, they would, people just, like, say things Mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, you know, I just, I'm so used to it. I don't, like, get worked up about it anymore. But, like, it's just, like, weird. It's, like, little annoyances like that Mm -hmm. where, like. I just kind of like I'm so used to it by now that I just like let it go. But it is it is like annoying and like, you know, um, it's those kinds of things that don't allow people to look at me and see a person. Another another thing that I find along those same lines is sometimes and it can happen from people with good hearts who who want oh, yeah. to do good things. Yeah. And it's like, uh, let's say we have a uh, have a student that comes to school and maybe uh, maybe uh, he could be a little cleaner. Uh, maybe he's in the same shirt that he was in yesterday. What I always would tell my staff is pretend they're a fifth grader who's going to go home and tell mom everything you say because they mean well. But in front of the student, sometimes like, can you believe that his mother sent him to school like that? It's like, well, well, stop, stop, stop. I know one thing about every human being in this planet. It is a human condition. Everybody, everybody comprehends more than they can express. Everybody. I can hear Shakespeare and understand it, and I can't talk it. So I said, we don't know whether or not, and with some of our students, um, whether they're comprehending what you're saying or not, but let's assume they are because would you want someone talking about your mother that way in front of you? And again, and that, and I, I really honestly, because I know these people and I love these people. Their their heart is they're concerned about the student. It's not like they're being mean, but that's that doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? It's still yeah. you're talking about the person like he or she isn't there. there. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me. Um, I grew up. I always rode the um, shorter bus with all the children that have different kinds of disabilities, 
and um, there was this girl on my bus, and she, I don't exactly know what her disability was, but she had, like, the um, cognitive abilities of, like, a Mm two-year-old, so um, she one day came to school, and her mom, whenever she put her on the bus, told my bus driver, hey, she's on her period, so just let her teachers know so that um, they know that she's going to need some help in the bathroom more than normal. And so as we get to school, my bus driver tells the para, and, like, we're going into the building. All these other high school students are going into the building, and I hear these two paras out loud talking about her period. And so I went up to them, and I go, hey, like, don't you think that's disrespectful that you're, like, just openly talking about her period, like, in front of everybody? And they literally get so mad at me. And they were just like, that's none of your concern. Like, stay out of it. And I'm just like, you're literally talking about her period. As if she's not there. As if she's, like, like, if I was that age, like, now, like, I don't care. Like, I'll talk about my period with anyone. But, like, at that age, like, that would have been mortifying. (laughs) Like, that's mortifying. Like, why would you do that? She's a 17-year-old girl. Like, you don't just do that. And so it's just, like, those kinds of things where, like, it made, it made me really upset and also, like, opened my eyes a lot. Hey, you're listening to The Obvious Question, and I'm your co-host, Becky Smith. So KBIA has some other podcasts you should check out as well, including Show Me the State, hosted by Christopher Husted. This podcast takes a look at myths and lore from Missouri history and figures out how that's still impacting the state today. We also have the True False podcast, which is an in-depth look at documentary film. You can find this and all of our podcasts at kbia.org or wherever you get your podcasts today. Basically, it's all the lazy, unintentional ways we talk about disability that influences society's perception of disability and what people with disabilities are capable of doing. You know, one of the ones I find myself still doing all the time, and it it makes me so mad now when I catch myself doing it, when I find other people doing it. And um, I went to see a family of a student that dad had had, and I saw the student um, that I've known for literally years. I met this 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 man, young man, when I he was five, and I think when I saw him, he was 17. And I walked into the house, and I said hi to his parents, and I saw him. I went, oh, my God, he's getting so big. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm talking about a 17-year-old young man. There's no way I'd walk up to someone who maybe didn't have a physical or cognitive disability and go, oh, my God, you're getting so big. Like, I would never do that. But people just always want to, like, take away that agency and that personhood and revert you back to something they understand better. And I feel like that is children. I don't know. Is that just – is that me? No, absolutely not. That That is uh, a, an issue. Yeah. And, and when I started – at, at my school after work, you know, I mean, I call everybody baby. And when I first started at, at, at my school and there was a 19-year-old young woman, and I did, and I, I mean, it, it wasn't, but but one of the aides called me aside and, says, said, and just said, you know, Dean, I'm just reminding you, you're talking to a 19-year-old young woman. You're not talking to an infant. And that's one thing that we always, we, we've got to think about. Yeah, it's. I feel like when you know a person directly that is affected or if you are affected by something like a cognitive or a physical disability it's almost like it gives you a perspective of the world that you kind of miss out on if you don't have that and so like I know for me like my friends whenever they first like go in public with me and do 
things like that, they will notice how people react to me in a different way than they react to them. And it really bothers them. Like they'll see, you know, people just coming up to me for no reason and, you know, just like pointing out stuff Mm. like, oh my gosh, sweetie, like you're so beautiful and like feeling compelled to come and talk to me and say things to me when like they wouldn't do that had I not. And like not not saying that people shouldn't come and like compliment people. Like I've never been offended by that. But um, like, I don't know, people just talk to me in a different way. Like for example, one time I went to a nail salon with a couple of my friends and they talked to me as if I was way younger than all them. They were all calling me like, hi sweetie like how are you doing and they were just like talking to my friends like they were adults they were just like what color like those kinds of like actual conversations and for me they were like oh hi honey like what do you need like and they were just being so different to me and it was just like and you even hear it in like the tone of people's voices like sometimes a person will come up to me and be talking to me so different so I'll talk to them the same way that they're talking to me they'll be like hi Maddie I'm like hi, how are you? And then they're like, oh, like, they catch themselves doing it. But, like, it, it would be hard, I feel like, if you couldn't, like, call people out like that or if you couldn't even, like, if you couldn't advocate for yourself. And I guess that's what I struggle with, like, in understanding um, cognitive disabilities and, like, that experience because, like, I feel like that would be so hard to, like, not be able to call people out on their shit, for lack of a better term. And I think that's where education is so important because, I, you know, words really do matter. And a lot of people, they're, they're not mean people. They're well-meaning people. They just don't see it. They don't mm-hmm. get it. To, to, put a, to, to put a face on things, to put a person on things, and, and to, to educate people to, to think in a different way. Because, you know, not everyone – I mean, there's a lot of people who are, will learn from that who maybe from your experience with them and the way you talk to them that maybe the next time that they met someone with a disability they would oh that's right i'm talking to a a, a person mm-hmm. and not a disability i like how you were talking about connecting a personhood to those har- bad terrible words because i think that's very um that's very real because like i feel like a lot of times people won't realize how much impact their words can have until they think about it in real life perspective. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I went to a school that was like um, two levels and there was one elevator and all the people in the class that needed to use the elevator would leave about five minutes early. So we had plenty of time to, um, you know, get down to the cafeteria without getting trampled and without having like traffic jam in the elevator. And so there was like, four or five people at that time in that class I was in that were like on crutches or had like a splint on their arm or like for some reason had to leave early to go to lunch. And my teacher for that class goes, all right, all the cripples get out and meant it like was trying to be funny. But then I like start leaving. And then as I'm going down the hallway, they run after me and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I apologize, I did not. And she didn't mean it in, like, a harmful way, but she realized, you know, that's a real word that's, like, harmful, and she just, like, used it in front of somebody that, you know, that's, you can't say that word. And she was very apologetic, and I wasn't, like, mad, but I was just, like, 
frustrated in the moment because it was just like, you know, not only are these like children that are using it, but it's like adults. And I think having to like educate everyone that isn't impacted can be like tiring sometimes. Absolutely. And it, it shouldn't be a responsibility. It shouldn't. Support for KBIA and for the Obvious Question podcast comes from Kilgore's Medical Pharmacy, locally owned and supporting the community with delivery, a drive through and three locations in Columbia and Ashland, and the SYNC program for medications. Learn more at kilgoresrx.com. Kilgore's, we make you feel better. When people go into a room and they have a visible disability, people always meet the disability before they meet you. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard sometimes for them to, when they automatically see all the things that you can't do or assume all the things that you can't do, it's hard for them to imagine, you know, a life being good without those things because they can't relate. They've never lived a life like that. But what they don't realize is, like, having those experiences can shape a perspective and like your whole entire world is just it's just different because mm -hmm. you just have always seen it differently so like something that might sound really sad and really difficult for them is something that you know for me i'm like i'm just you know i'm just getting into it, my van it's not sad that they all oh, like watch the lift come down like that's so sad it's so inspiring to see you at oh. target like, and for me, I'm like, I'm just at Target. Like, mm -hmm. what what do you want? Like, and so I don't, I guess people just have this idea of disability and what that means in their head. But until you've really experienced or even been near somebody that experienced it, like up close to somebody, um, it's just difficult to explain it to people. It's difficult to show somebody unless they see it for themselves. And like, even like once I become close to somebody, they'll make jokes about it. Like, we'll be in a store and, like, somebody will come up to me and, you know, hold the door and, like, pat me on the head or, like, do something mm. weird. And then my friends will be like, well, now Billy's getting into heaven. Like, good for Billy. <laughs> and I'm just like, I know, like, I'm a giver. Mm. What can I say? Mm. And, like, um, stuff like that. And it's just, like, it's just so weird because, like, for for people that have it or for people that are around it, we don't look at our lives as being, like, sad but just because it's so different than what somebody else has, they see it as like, I just yeah. don't get how they could do that. Right. I don't get how some. It just doesn't make sense to them. There was a uh, in piece on NPR years ago um, that really it touched me deeply, and it, it just there was a, a young man who was born quadriplegic, and he had his life. Then there was a he became friends with a 19 year old young man who uh, football player, very active, who was in a motorcycle accident and became uh, uh, quadriplegia and, and, with, um, and needed assistance breathing and all that. And, and that's, that's hard on a body, as we know. And about three years after the accident, his friend died. And this young man went to his funeral. And well-meaning people... One after another, the minister, his family got, oh, Brett's in heaven now playing football. Oh. <laughs> He's complete again. He's doing what he used to do, like those three years before. And this, 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 in this essay, this young man says, well, what does that make me? I've never 
been able to play football. This is my life. I have a good life. And yet I'm being told that my only hope when I get to heaven is I'll be able to play football. And it's like, and it's like, wow, you know, that, and it's exactly what, what, what you were talking about too, is that they didn't, they didn't get it was because we all have strengths and weaknesses. We all have things that we can do and things we can't do. You know? I think that's the hardest thing is um, people, I don't ever think necessarily like go out of their way to like say something that's like offensive or like say something that's like not correct about disability. I don't think anyone sits around like, how can I like be really rude and like make them upset? There's some people out there like that. I mean, there definitely are. But, like, I don't know, like, most people don't. And, like, so whenever people do get, like, called out for being, like, for saying something that's ableist or for, like, unintentionally doing it, sometimes they're like, well, I couldn't, I could never, like, I would never do that. And it's like, but you just did. And, like, a lot of people, I mean, even, even me, I find myself using terms like, oh, like, take a picture from this angle because I look more normal. Like, I remember doing that when I was younger, and I was like, what? Like, what does that even mean? What is something that you wish the world understood better about disabilities that you think they're kind of misinformed about? I think it goes back to what we said earlier, and that is people are, are people. It's as simple as that, and and our students aren't don't need people to feel sorry for them, and 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 the other thing is we've told so many times words matter, and I go when oh, I'm not going to be politically correct. Fuck you! You're just looking for an excuse to be mean to somebody. Um, the with uh, Major League Baseball, words matter instead of disabled, disabled list. list. Words matter. They changed it. Um, and and to um, and that and I and I think that like we said, most people, I don't say they want to be educated, but they don't mind being educated. And and if you can again put a personal view on things and a personal face on things, because that opens it up. It's always and and not just I'm not talking about disabilities. I'm talking about any population. Mm-hmm. Um, that the more people can dehumanize, they will. They will. Yeah. So it's kind of just a not not to get so, you know, overly uh, fearful of offending somebody that you're basically offensive yes. because you are not good. I'm not going to I'm not going to deal with the situation because I might say something wrong. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the key. I mean, even like I don't I don't mind the word disabled for me. Like I identify with that word. Um, some people don't like that word. And I'm just like, you know, I think we need to be. Not afraid necessarily to say the wrong thing, but not defensive over everything we say to the point that if we are wrong, we can't be called out, you mm-hmm. know? I think people just need to be okay with potentially being wrong and be open to apologizing and to change those things for that person. But, like, every single person is different. And, right. like, I just, like, I don't want people to think, like, oh, there's... There's a Morse code to talking to people with disabilities. Like, you say this, you don't say this. Because that's just not true. Like, there's certain jokes that you can make to me that you could not make to another person that uses a wheelchair. Like, that's just a fact. And I've even made that mistake before where I'll assume I can make a joke around a wheelchair user that does not like that kind of joke. And, you know, we all need to just recognize who we are and just think of each other as people and Mm -hmm. 
just, you know, be okay with being wrong when you're wrong and don't be a dick. Like, <laughs> and do just do better. Like, that's all we can ever ask for. Um, we can't just sit around, you know, making the same mistakes, offending the same people and being like, oh, well, you shouldn't be offended and expecting things to change. Like, that's not going to change anything. That's not going to make anyone more comfortable. That's just going to continue to hold people in the place that they are and, you know, stuck in this other otherized box. Special thanks to the whole Obvious Question team. Production on this episode was done by Mac Whaley, Lauren Brown, and myself. The supervising producers are myself and my Biff, Aaron Hay. Our managing editor is Ryan Famuliner, and our social and online guru is Nathan Lawrence. As always, our fearless leading of this episode was done by none other than our Madison Lawson, and this has been an episode of The Obvious Question. I'm Maddie Lawson. And I'm Becky Smith. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.